Let's see. Welcome to the Church of Mavis Radio. It's Friday night. It's uh, 7.07 p.m. Central. You're listening to United Public Radio, 107.7 FM, New Orleans. It's raining down here in Florida. We got Wham with us. How's it going, Wham? She's uh, It's she's got... going okay. I have to mute sometimes because we've got company and they're running up and down the stairs and making lots of noise. So I have okay. to. I'm doing okay, though. So I will just have to remember to unmute. Okay. Yeah. And just jump in anytime. And uh, yeah, it's been a, uh, we got Penny Bradley here with us tonight. It's great to have her here, here with us. And uh, you know, we just had Augie Nostone. We just had Neil Donald Walsh conversations with God next week's uh, wild trees, animal uh, microbiologist. He has a lot of those water bears in his house and keeps those little tardigrade doodads in his house. So that's all we get to hear those kind of stories. So, and uh, I'm working on the rest of the schedule. Got Andy Colvin coming on, the Mothman photographer, and uh, Bill and JC uh, about their uh, UFOs and PTSD and trauma. So we got a good lineup. And uh, let's see, uh, Penny, it's great to have you here. How are you doing? Well, it's great to be here. Um, how am I doing? <clears throat> I always say sort of. Like, how are you doing? Sort. I'm a sort of okay. <laughs> like, that's. Um, for, for I'm doing real good for for what I've I've dealt with in my life. I I've been in a good place the last couple of weeks. So knock on wood, stays that way. <laughs> well, just to give you a little background to make you uh, comfortable with the show, we're both experiencers. Me, I had testicular cancer when I was seventeen. Had to go through chemo. Lost one in the war, and and a few years later, my dad died. And all that suffering and losing him, I started to have a lot of weird experiences seeing UFOs and different types of beings and uh, from light beings to little beings in cloaks standing near a black box. And I could go on and on, but somehow that suffering opened up my senses. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know there's weird, you know, crazy government stuff. I've never had any of them come to me face to face. Thank God. But during the time of seeing some UFO, I, I know, I know you have for sure. And, uh, but I've had like UFO stuff over my houses, everyone I've moved and it's brought out those type of agencies. And one uh -huh. time a silent vehicle set over the house, like a helicopter with no propellers. And the guy looked like Top Gun, you know, the crap on whatever military. And he goes, and it shot away and make a noise. It was just very mockingly. And it seems like they sent someone out because maybe the UFOs were there. Maybe the UFOs were them. They're weird technology. I don't know, but for some reason I've been in experiences where it seems like I've had friends say that I'm attracting it or it's there because of me. And it feels like that, but I'm just mostly, you know, confused about it. And I don't know what it is on a lot of different levels. And we've been doing the show for 17 years and, you know, from Stanton Friedman wow. to lots of different Jim Mars, a lot of people have passed and, uh, yeah, they did. They've just been they trying did. to figure it out, you know? So, but if you want to start and tell us a little bit about your story, just to, you know, for our audience. Okay. I'm going to tell the story kind of half backwards. Okay. In 2012, my doctor had me on an antidepressant 
and it just made me numb. It didn't make me happy. And so I decided to go off it. And uh, the doctor didn't help me, so I did it cold turkey. And this this guy online, uh, he had reached out to me. I didn't know why, you know. Guys online do that. And uh, I told him I was coming off an antidepressant and I needed a support system and would he mind? And so we started talking and then uh, six months or so later, so this would have been in 2013, uh, he said, you know, you're always ratting and raving about DC. How about you come and I'll give you a tour? And I said, sure. He paid for the whole trip. Um, it was on his Facebook wall that he was an NSA agent, that he was a, <clears throat> he was from the Russian desk. Those are the guys that are experts on the whole Russian empire culture, all that stuff. And he had told me about some of the things that he had done that are still probably classified. <clears throat> so I won't go into his big story other than to say he was legitimately a hero of the Cold War. And he was my age. And he felt really familiar. I didn't, you know, I wouldn't have known him outside of Facebook. But uh, we did this trip to D.C., and he showed me where he used to work when he was with um, the unions there. And it was right by the White House. And we went through all of these historical places. And then I got on a plane and came home. But he had been talking the whole time about, okay, the national temple for the Mormons is in DC and they call the people there in DC call it the Emerald City out of the Wizard of Oz and there was a time frame when there were there's a footbridge that goes across the main highway right by it and there was he he kept telling me about that there was a sign that they had dropped off of this bridge that said, Free Dorothy. And he must have used that phrase at least 20 times during the time we were visiting D.C. And, uh, and I took pictures. You know, I have proof that this happened. So um, I get on the plane to come home, and I start having stress, a stress reaction. I started swelling up. I had anger issues. I didn't know what was going on. By the time I got home, I had this memory dump. And it was all in German, not English. I had studied German in high school. It had been really easy for me. But at this point, I don't... Re you know, that was, that was 1970s. <laughs> so I don't remember it well enough to understand all these memories. So I'm, they're all mixed together with the most traumatic stuff on top. And I spent three years doing research to figure out 
what in the hell am I remembering? Because it was just as real as my childhood in California, you know, picking grapes and taking care of cows. And I'm like, where was this? Because it had raptors right out of Jurassic Park breaking through walls and killing children. And I'm like, where was this? And I went, I went through all the people in the community who've given witnesses, uh, witness statements. And uh, Michael Ralph, his website is still up. His widow maintains it. He has two books on his experiences on Mars that matched up with a lot of what I remembered. And then I heard uh, Captain Kramer and some of his stuff matches and some of it doesn't. Of course, he served with Americans rather than the Germans. And uh, I went through and I studied a lot of, of German history from that point because I remembered being in Shula with the Germans. Now, I've since put these memories in kind of a timeline. And that's the way I usually present it is, is okay, I was four years old and men in green fatigues kidnapped me from my house I don't understand why nobody else in the house woke up. I was put in a Jeep with other kids that I didn't know. And we were driven cross country from Tulare County, California to Langley, Virginia. Now I'm not, okay. I have Royal genetics. But real world, my grandparents were grapes of wrath immigrants from Oklahoma. I mean, my grandparents were rich Okies. They had a trailer. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the reality. So they came during the Dust Bowl. My parents were farm labor. We were not rich people. We were nobodies. And if I had disappeared forever, nobody would have cared but them. Now, I am well aware that this is where I am in the pecking order. So um, <clears throat> I went to school at a labor camp school where classes were taught Spanish on this panel English on this panel. And when the lesson was being presented in Spanish, you'd best keep your mouth shut and just pay attention. So I understand a lot of Spanish because of that. I don't speak it very well. The words don't come. So people who will see me in certain circumstances, they'll wonder about me. <laughs> and I do have all of these influences in my English. Some people have noticed it in the accent. Um, but yeah, in Shula, they had taught us a lot of stuff that's very different from what is taught in school here. And so 
I started remembering when I was taught in Shula, their history, their culture, their their version of science, their version of mathematics. And um, how to survive interactions with extraterrestrials. Okay, that's something people need to understand that there are lots of different critters out there. Okay, some are physical, just as physical as we are. Some are interdimensionals and they can be everywhere from the bottom eight all the way up to top 15. And you don't know just by looking at them. And if all you're doing is hearing them, you haven't got a clue who, who you're talking to. So then there's something called a plasmoid and what Muslims call jinn are plasmoids. They are a life form that's physical, but made up of smoke or vapors. And they have a really hard time holding a shape because it requires more energy than they have. And what was the other thing? <clears throat> there's, a, there, there's another one, but I can't think of it right now. Now, the problem we've got with, with extraterrestrials and interdimensionals is when you start flying through hyperspace, that's traveling interdimensionally. And when you come out, the people where you come out don't know where you came from. They don't know if you're 3D or 5D or anything else. Now, humans, because we are fear-based fear monkeys, seriously we are fear-based monkeys so anything we don't understand we call it a demon and try to kill it that is our baseline approach and right now the disclosure movement and all of its permutations because David Grush used the term non-human intelligences to leave the options open so it could be any of those things interacting with you. The religious people went fear-based. Oh, they're demons. And that's the big argument on Twitter right now, X as, as it's being called. That's a big issue on Facebook. Um, some of them may be demons, depending on what demons actually are. Nobody's ever clearly defined it for me. So um, I have a background in Christianity. You're in Florida. I was Church Christ Auntie. And then I became an Episcopalian. And when I was Episcopalian, I was a lay minister. So I've been to seminary. I've done a lot of the background. So I've never seen a definition of demon that was all encompassing or made sense. 
So you call it the Church of Mabus, so I thought I'd toss that out there. Um, okay. When they took me to Langley, it was 1959. I was four years old. I was very small for four years old. Um, my family were little until puberty and suddenly were big. And uh, I was put in a cell. Everything there was white, white bed, white pajamas, white walls, white floors. The people who worked there all wore white. The doctors wore lab coats that were white. <clears throat> or I'm assuming they were doctors. Um, there were a thousand of us, approximately, when I got there. Five years later, when the survivors were sent through a jump gate, there were only 20 of us. That's how hard on us they were. The first thing they did was they spent a year mind fracturing us to produce a 13 by 13 by 13 hierarchical cubic array of altars. This was done on purpose. They think of them as computer files in your brain. Uh, the ability to fracture is actually a survival thing that humans developed because you're a child. Your parents are eaten by a saber-toothed tiger in front of you. Your aunt and uncle come and grab you. You have to you have to be rational and not screaming while you're with the aunt and uncle, or they'll feed you to the saber-toothed tiger. So what happened was our minds learned how to split and put the bad memories in a bubble. And the whole idea was you didn't remember them. And children can do that sometime between the ages of 8 and 12. They lose that ability. So that's why they take little kids is because they want to mind fracture you. Now, I'm going to try not to get too graphic here, but the primary way they do this is through sexual abuse. <clears throat> so... Um, I also had incidences where I was nailed inside a wall and left to suffocate. And times I was dumped headfirst into a tub of water and drowned. They had something that's called a regeneration tank. And this is Manted Empire technology. These are the ones that resemble grasshoppers rather than mantis beings and they have this tank that they put a drop of your blood into what looks like an ipad on on the wall there's a little slot for the blood 
and they drop you in and hang you from a hook <clears throat> and it will fix anything wrong and bring you back from the dead for up to four months. So they didn't care if they killed us during these, this training because they knew they could bring us back. The ones who disappeared during the time were the ones that went catatonic, that they, their mind stopped fracturing because it couldn't fix catatonic. That's where the child gives up and no longer wants to live. And we had all but 20 of us go catatonic. So um, they would mind fracture you and then send you to, to Montauk for six months to be tested in the chair to see what you were capable of pulling off because the chair responds to your psychic abilities. And that was when they discovered that I could take physical objects interdimensionally with me because I was trying to run away. <clears throat> At this point, I was about six years old. Um, I was supposed to time travel and I was running away instead. And I was hunted down by one of the other species in the Draco. Uh, these guys are based on turtles rather than dragons. And they, he was nine feet tall and brown and they sent him to hunt me down and he'd bring me back. And the, the human who was in charge of the program wanted to dump me in the incinerator because I kept running away. And, uh, what ended up happening was the turtle man told him no. And yes, he could speak perfect English. He told him no, that 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 ability that I was using was rare even among his people and that it made me valuable and he was not gonna let him kill me. And so they sent me back to Langley and they started training me on how to control that instead of just use it when I was panicking. Uh, they trained all of those altars. And if you do the math, it comes up just shy of 2,200 altars. Um, my partner, Lou, is Iroquois and Swiss and Welsh. <laughs> yeah. Americans and he's a shaman and we have been working together using the Iroquois version of soul fragment retrieval to reintegrate my altars. I've got 38 of them reintegrated and the memories come with the altars. So no folks, they are not demons. They are just like, chips of my own mind that had been sealed away. And some of them have been trained for other jobs. Some of them have had enough <clears throat> airtime <laughs> that they think they're separate people. 
and uh, a couple of them are really strong personalities and when they decide to pop up it, they just take over people who watched my show two years ago i was shifting altars like a rolodex on air and anybody who watches a show my producer at the time used to sit there and count how many times i shifted in a, in a two-hour show yeah. <laughs> it was getting embarrassing <laughs> I, would, I would have guests on and say um i'm in shift alters just roll with it and they would go oh <laughs> And the people, the people doing this, I mean, who are they exactly? Are they like Nazis? I mean, what are they? I mean, who are they? I thought they were CIA, but I was approached by Doris Neely, who is a retired CIA archivist. And she said she had uploaded my file. And that um, my file came from the OSS after it was supposed to have been disbanded. So if we've got agencies officially disbanded that are still working privately, I mean, there was the Office of Strategic Services and there was the Office of Scientific Studies and they worked hand in glove and they came out of the War of 1812. They're that old. And they used to be allied with Prussia and Tsarist Russia until Teddy Roosevelt was president. Oh, yeah, I've done my homework. <laughs> and they had, they had anti-grav technology in 1857. People think all of this stuff started in World War II. It didn't. It's at least 150 years older than that. At least. I know I've had a lot of different experiences with, you know, craft being over different homes and I don't know if I've ever been abducted. If so, I don't remember anything, but you have to wonder that when they're there like that, if they're working with yeah. your Ashley or something. I mean, there's been so many where, you know, Augie said I should be hypnotized, but I'm kind of, you know, hesitant to do that, to find someone you trust, of course, with something like that. But Well, uh, you're, you're in Florida, right? Yes. Okay. You should get in touch with my friend, Drago Reed. He used to be famous for being a tattoo artist. He was on TV. He's, I think, in the Tampa Bay area. He prefers to do hypnosis in person. So it would be something you'd have to travel to him. Um, but he's, he's highly trained by the Dolores Cannon people. And I found him to be really trustworthy. I've worked with them a lot too from their, their conference and helped them promote it and stuff for their yeah. DVD sets. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's a good guy. He's going to be at the conference I'm speaking at in July. So, so, so when in our present modern world with the things going on, like the Peru thing, which, 
you know, that seemed yeah. really weird. And then the Miami mall thing, I didn't really buy into that, even though it seemed weird, but I thought the Las Vegas thing was a little weird. What do you think's going on with some of this stuff that's highlighting so much in our media right now? Like some of these weird events where people are like saying aliens are showing up. I know Augie thinks it's like project blue beam and pretty much fake alien invasion, but uh, it's definitely weird. It's definitely uh, lighting up more. That's for sure. Well, if you pay attention, there were treaties with ET groups and Eisenhower, President Eisenhower's meeting with these groups is well documented. So we know it took place. Photographs, all kinds of stuff. We don't know exactly what was in the treaties he signed, except that we know they were, the ETs were told they had to stay secret. They could not be public. Well, I know that the tall whites in Nevada are demanding the right to walk freely amongst us and kill us if we touch them. Which that's not being equal, that's being superior. And I know that their treaty was up for rene renewal the last couple of years. So I know that's what they are demanding. In the terminology, I was told it was, we're tired of being your dirty little secret mistress. You know, it's weird you bring <laughs> up the, the tall whites. They're not something I really think about a lot. But within the last week or so, I rarely dream. I had a weird dream where there was two tall men and a lady that was really like weird tall. Yeah. And they looked like they were dressed like spies, like James Bond or something. <laughs> And I woke up like, what the hell was that? And uh, I, I, smoke ball, lot, I smoke a lot of weed and don't dream a lot. I think weed messes with your dreams, maybe. But that was a weird dream that seemed like tall whites. <laughs> um, they have this weird life cycle where they're kind of normal, so, normal sized on the tall side, you know, six to seven feet tall. And when they get to their middle age, they suddenly get to like 14 feet. That's why they're called tall whites. And they have paper white skin and they have, they're, they're basically like albinos, except some of them have gold eyes instead of red. But um, their hair is really wispy and white or very pale blonde. Their eyes go through this range of bunny white, bright blue, bright green, or metallic gold. And what people are not telling you is they are the blue collar version of the Anunnaki. And they have all this technology and, and they've got the American government hooked on a slow drip of the technology. Now, if you pay attention to Michael Lee Hill and the group that he worked with at. I've interviewed him a long time ago. Yeah. A.R. AR Borden's group. There are seven of them. Um, oh, what's his name? It's fade to black. Had them on all of them on one show. I, 
five, six years ago. I can give you the link in Messenger after we're done. But um, <clears throat> there was this team, and Wes Penra was one of the guys that worked with them. And they were supposed to make contact with Anunnaki. They were part of the Labyrinth Group. When you say it that way, it sounds like, oh, it's some independent group, right? They might even be cool people, except they don't tell you they're part of the NSA. And that the Anunnaki are part of a group that they call the Cordium, which are, which are extraterrestrials leaking technology to the NSA. And the NSA gives this leaked technology to the military industrial complex, just gives it to them. You develop, you figure out how to use this. You can keep the patents. You can make the money. We'll just have you make stuff for us. That's how they go about it. So they are feeding directly into private industry. Now, how is this not corruption? You know, how is this not so easy to just totally screw over the public? And remember, they're kidnapping killed kids from the public to man these programs. And then they're taking what we find and giving it to private industry that definitely has their own agenda. And then they wonder why I'm paranoid. And yeah, I admit it. I don't, I don't like the direction I see everything going these days. So. I know uh, I've had paranoia about energy weapons being used on me and stuff. I don't, I don't get too, too crazy with it, but I've wondered it. And I know I've had Robert Duncan on before who was former CIA it was a long time ago, but he made something that they took and he whistleblowed about it. But and then it's just sometimes it seems like like phones give it off a lot. I know Christina, uh, my fiance, her hands can break out around a phone, but I definitely feel like there's a lot of that possibly going on, uh, maybe from foreign nations, maybe our own government. But there's definitely like the targeted individual thing. There's something to that. And just even cosmic rays right now, I've heard are really crazy. So you got all this just being bombarded. It's like well, new level. I've been hit with energy weapons. Um, I was hit three times in six weeks is why I went public. Because they were not just hitting me, they were hitting my partner Lou as well. And it felt like I was on fire. But there was no visible anything from the outside. Now, when I had my, my spinal fusion two years ago, two years ago in December, <clears throat> The surgeon did a write-up where he said, I have never seen nerve and muscle tissue welded to bone before. Mm. Yeah, we're talking, I have medical proof that this happened to me. Okay? I'm not, I'm not pulling things out of my imagination. I'm not channeling like half the people out there are. This is something that really happened to me. I was, I have been shot with energy weapons of three different types 
at least seven times. And it's just insane that you talk to a average normal person out there and they think we don't have that technology. And yet we've been using it. We used it in Afghanistan until the people in Afghanistan figured out they could wrap themselves in aluminum foil and it would bounce off them. I'm sure that's the site. <laughs> yeah. All these oh, I know. All I've these sparkly yeah. people out there, and they mm -hmm. had to take their directed energy weapons home because they couldn't use them anymore. I know I've heard of them dispersing people in Iraq, like when they surrendered and, you know, crowds oh, yeah. and stuff and craziness. And I know I'm familiar with Deborah Tavares. Tavares, uh, probably mm -hmm. must have messed up last names. But that Jesse Ventura crazy conspiracy, it wasn't really crazy, but the conspiracy theory episode where he, like, went to the place the thing was being shot out of and like confronted them that was a weird episode <laughs> like yeah. that whole episode on targeted individuals from jesse ventura yeah well i watched that show and most of what he said was just skimming the surface every topic that he covered you could go miles deep with he just skimmed it because he knew the public was not ready for it. Um, we have folks who want catastrophic disclosure, which means tell it all. And you're going to have the public going into culture shock because they think what they deal with every day is all there is. And I, I don't want a drip, drip, drip that takes 100 years to tell them the truth. But I think they need to start getting maybe a glassful today, a glassful tomorrow, a glassful the next day. And by the end of the year, they know what's going on. Because right now you've got people, they know they've been lied to, so they don't believe anything. And that's just as bad as believing everything. I know I recall during the Betty and Barney Hill case, uh, they heard some UFO stuff like German from it. So that was kind of weird. No, it's not weird at all. The Germans, were, the Germans were the first humans to go out into space because hyperspace is time travel. They went back 400 years, established colonies. They've been in space all that time. They are well established out there. And they come back and they buy things on Earth and they have rogue elements who show up here and do all kinds of things. If you look at the abductee reports from the 1950s and 60s, they had swastika, they spoke German, they, uh, they flew variations of Hanabu. And then suddenly you don't see that anymore you see the triangle sh ships that are american and god they're built in utah i've seen those on a lot of different levels coming out of a portal in the sky i've seen some over power lines like it was doing something with the power lines and a light ball of light came out of them with a witness yeah and, uh, they, they are they're drawing they're drawing energy from the power grid 
they draw they draw energy from the sun we have monster-sized ships out in space they're built out in space because they can't handle the gravity here and they draw energy from the sun that's what's causing some of these these outrageous coronal flares so um if you look at the reports from the original wing makers not after not after the CIA screwed it over. But the original wing makers talked about that, that that solar warden, and they used the term solar warden, was going to make the sun explode by feeding off of it too much. That was one of the things they were warning about. And so what do, what do the, the Americans do? <laughs> they make their ships plasma-based and pull it out of the sun or off of the electric grid. I know I've seen some some crazy videos of things on the sun that were pretty weird for sure, like cube, black cubes and things, weird things are definitely odd. Yeah, Gina Hill has got some tremendous photographs of ships coming out of the sun. The ones that look like Star Wars. That cult. <laughs> And then her last name, Colvin, too. Gina, Gina Hill Colvin, I believe I've seen it. Yeah, I know who that is. You know who that is. Yes. Uh, I can't, <clears throat> I don't remember all the details of her name. It seemed a little long. But uh, she's the last name, but Gina Hill, you're right. But there's just one more. Colvin's the last name. But Gina okay. Hill, yeah. But she, um, she has photographic proof that the sun's being used as a portal for transportation. Now, I said that before she started taking pictures because when I was, okay, when I was nine, we were sent through this, this jump gate and we got to a base and there was a desk, one of these long wooden desks that, that like you see at a hotel or an airline. And there was this big sign on it that said, Willkommen in Mars. And there was this really cranky lady behind the counter. Really cranky lady. And she spoke to us in English. And she says, this is the last English you're going to hear. And they took us to barracks set us up to go to school, Shula, because none of us had been taught anything as far as education while we were at Langley. We had been mind fractured, trained in the chair, and then trained in what our psyabilities were. We didn't know how to read or write. We didn't know how to do math. We didn't know. We were illiterate. And so the Germans did not want idiots in their military. So they spent 10 years teaching us in school. And we came out of that with the equivalent of a bachelor's degree and trained for our job that we were going to have. My job was I was a fighter pilot in a unit of all women. And we were called the Valkyren, 
which is Valkyries, because we were women pilots and warriors, and we went through and uh, we fought with the raptors. We would we were not to fight with the ant people, but if we had the opportunity to capture one, we were supposed to. And we also did something called ghoul duty because there were human remains from these battles everywhere. And we were to bring back the remains and those that could be brought back from the dead were. And uh, whether they were Americans or Germans or Russians, because there's a Russian presence, or whether they were tall whites or the native Mars humans, because the native Mars humans are us. <clears throat> Once you understand that Earth and Mars were twin planets and all of the species on both worlds were on both worlds, then it starts to make sense that the different types of beings that are both places. The raptors on Mars got separated from the inner earth raptors here. So when you hear about, when you hear about um, reptilians coming up through a cave system, um, Latin America, Africa, Southeast Asia, they're real. They're not extraterrestrials. They've been here as long as we've been here. Uh, there's another species of reptilian, Lacerda's people. They're real. And there were statues made of them that were dug up um, in Ubaid. I I'm not sure what country it's in. Seen one in Peru recently on Facebook that was interesting reptilian statue. Yeah, there's a stat. Peru has Peru and um, Bolivia have statues of reptiles that they were worshiping. These are beings that live in caves underground and occasionally pop up. And when they pop up, people that don't understand them don't know about them are yeah we're basically frightened monkeys <laughs> i uh, there, there was one time on a, a halloween night at a lake and i was partying with some friends and there was some psychedelics and stuff like that uh i see, saw some reptilian beings and they were very they weren't physical it was like they were on another plane like astral and i could see them one was like a humanoid that i don't know i wouldn't Medusa comes up, but it definitely was not like you would see in Clash of the Titans or something. But the closest thing I found to them is like the, the Mayan uh, gods and stuff, because I have mm -hmm. like these oracle cards with wood glyphs with the gods in it. That's what it reminded me of. But the weirdest part of it was one was like a hydra, and then there was a humanoid one. And my first thought was, oh, my God, being from Georgia, my dad a preacher, oh, my God, it's the devil, fallen angel. <laughs> What the hell is happening? I'm going to straight to hell tonight. Fear and loathing in Las Vegas. But uh, but anyway, uh, 
they said positive stuff like telepathically love like like things about love and dance and write and be creative it's like they're a Deepak Chopra or something so it was just a weird thing but I definitely know I know I've, I've had shamans on and stuff and the reptilian thing comes up a lot with different things and I definitely believe there's something to it for sure based on that well, experience the first sentient species in our galaxy were dragons Tiamat about that I've heard Tiamat. that one. So people need to understand that the reptilians devel developed first and they've had longer on the job. So they may be a whole lot more developed than we are. And they're certainly past the fear stage that so many of us are stuck in. I mean, if you could look at them without freaking out, like you said, they're talking about good stuff. I'm I'm glad you were able to hear that. Uh, once you, once you get out in space, first off, you understand that there's no ET that has more in common with you than any other human. So your human racism just disappears. That even happened to the Germans out there. The second thing that you find out is that almost all of them are smarter than us. Almost all of them are more spiritually developed than us. And it's our racial ego that tells people that we're the best. That and thousands of years of, of religious training telling us that we're the pinnacle of creation. So, and then and I, 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 yeah. I get yelled at a lot. <laughs> How dare you? You're a traitor to your species. No, I'm telling you the straight truth, and you can believe it or not. Well, I mean, if you know, when people say all reptilians are evil, that seems like some that's like you know, Nazis saying all Jews are evil or whatever. It's like kind of like yeah. genocidal thought, <laughs> like it's kind of like Hitler, Hitler, pretty much, but. Uh, one of the things that I learned in Shula was that the Germans in space considered Hitler to be a traitor to the German people. Say that, say that one more time. <laughs> the Germans in space consider Hitler to be a traitor to the German people because he started off with the um, German aristocracy backing him and telling him how to operate. And as soon as he had power, he replaced them with Jesuits. The Catholic Church has been trying to eliminate the German race. Oh, even before there was a Catholic Church, the Roman Empire was doing it. So it's been an attempted genocide for 3,000 years. And when he, when he was put in power by the aristocracy, he betrayed them and went, turned to their enemies. And so he was not allowed to go into space. 
Yes, he showed up at Camp 211. He was shown the door, told don't come back, and he, he spent the rest of his life and died in Argentina near the Bolivian border. And that's what the CIA says, too. We have Peter Lavendone about unholy alliance. It definitely goes deep and crazy for sure. And uh, what do you think about Antarctica? What's going on there? You always hear Padlin Castanone, and I know he was talking about Nazis and reptilians, but you know, you have to have discernment with all this. So I try to. It's a lot to take in with so many different subjects with it and everything. Uh, but what do you think about Antarctica? Camp 211 in Antarctica was the capital of the <clears throat> German group in space. And they moved it to a new city that they called Neuberlin on Mars. And then they moved, they founded a colony that they called Neuberlin. And that's where they moved the capital to. So I understand that there is a small force still at Camp 211, but when they realize somebody's coming, they, they basically withdraw. Uh, there is also a Draco base near Camp 211, and uh, they use shielding so you can't even find them. The opening to Agartha is somewhere near there. Uh, I've never been there by myself, so this is this is what I was told when I was in the German program. <clears throat> now, as far as the rest of the continent, I would have to go with what Eric Hecker is saying because he was there for a year and he had my partner and I come to his house in Alaska. He paid for the trip. So just so you know, yes, there was money involved. He paid for the, he paid the expenses. And he handed Lou, my partner and I, bankers boxes, plural, of documents, documenting everything that he says is going on down there he has paper proof of. He has paper proof. He has um, he has his um, report cards from when he went to that that Catholic school on Long Island where the the Monroe Institute worked with him. He has his report cards from that. He has his his um, copies of the the business statements of the water company on Long Island that he used to say something is still going on at Camp Hero. Uh, he had his pay stubs from when he was in the Navy Submarine Corps. He has his DD-214 from his Navy in the Submarine Corps. He, uh, <clears throat> he has all of his Raytheon pay stubs from the year that he worked there. He has photographs galore. Uh, he, the lady that he was living with at the time, he met her there and she shows up in the photographs too. He has so much documentation that it's 
shocking that people are not taking him seriously. He is the most documented experiencer that I have ever encountered. And he said that he paid for us to come so that someone would see his stuff so he would not have to post it online with his social security number and his military ID number because that would open him up to hackers. And that made perfect sense to me. Now, is he always a nice person? No. But he's running with an agenda. His entire crew that was there when they turned on the ice cube array got sick. The lady he was living with is dying now. There have been one or two others that are already dead, and he's starting to show signs of the illness. And that's, that's the aggression that you feel in his testimony. This is personal. And he had the operator's manual for the ice cube array, the copy of it from when he was there. He just took all that stuff home with him. So um, <clears throat> I've seen his documentation. And he's telling the absolute straight up truth about what's gone on there, what is going, what was going on the year he was there. And I ran across an article where they're planning to make that array 10 times bigger than it is. And it does everything that he says it does. It's definitely, definitely fascinating. And uh, tell us something about Tartaria. What is that? That's, that's like uh, something about Putin and Tartaria releasing info. That's like some... Shangri-La kind of thing or like Agartha or something. Have you ever heard of that? Tartaria, like T-A-R? I have heard the current theory that's going around. And I also have seen the real historical stuff. There was a Tartaria, but they didn't call it that themselves. That's what the Russians called them. Uh, they called themselves the Golden Horde. <coughs> The rest of the world has them historically as the Mongol Empire or the Khanate. It was the group that was founded by um, Genghis Khan. And they have taken that name and applied it to a fictional world civilization because they don't believe history as it's recorded anywhere. They don't believe any of it. Um, I've had people tell me that history started at 1800. I've had other people tell me that there is no history from 400 AD to 1400 AD, that, it was, that that was just made up, that they jumped from one year to the next. Uh, I'm sorry, I have family genealogy records for that whole time, every generation. So um, I think what's happening is our real history is being erased 
and it's being replaced by a mythical one. I know it gets crazier and crazier. Like I saw, I could have sworn I saw a list of books banned in Florida somehow and like Lord of the Rings was on there. I was like, what? I don't even understand that. Like, that's crazy. Uh, are, 1984 was banned on, on Kindle. They deleted my copy of it twice and I paid for it. That's strange for sure. That That's a, uh, what they do i mean we have medicinal uh you know marijuana here and the sandus and all them are always like trying to make it less and it's like they're just doing it to piss you off like we're gonna lessen the effect of the tea they're just always doing creepy like to make us suffer more <laughs> on some level because it's unholy weed i guess but uh but i mean we were talking about storing up food and everything that's going on right now and it just seems like every day it just gets crazier like we're just on the brink of you know nuclear holocaust but i'm just kind of curious on the world stage and what do you think is about to happen i mean it's just there's just so much crap it's just too much like at one it's just i crazy. would stop listening to the democrats and the republicans first off because they appear to be trying to create a civil war um, as I told a friend of mine recently, the Democrats are fascists and the Republicans are, th are theocritists. And the rest of us who just want freedom of religion and freedom of speech are becoming the enemy. Now, who I would pay attention to? Because they scare me, not because I believe in what they're doing. Yeah is the World Economic Forum. They have somehow come to power without being elected. They are now in charge of the United Nations, the World Health Organization, and the, the European Union. And it looks like Biden in America and Trudeau in Canada are about to hand over the whole pie to them. So, uh, <coughs> bless you. Thank you. Thank so, you. That's pretty much what politics, both sides are just like Trump. I can't stand him. Biden, I call him boredom. It's like I'm just at the point where I just don't like any of it. It's like, if, and, and rooting for one of them feels like you're rooting for Ted Bundy or something at this point with our government. Exactly. Murders. Yay, Ted Bundy. Yay, Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, so it's hard to feel anything for them, really. Um, I know we're having an election this year. Um, I know my state's primary is next month. Um, I'm registered, but as far as I can tell, the only major player that's even in the running that is a responsible adult is Kennedy. And Kennedys don't have a strong track record of surviving in the White House. Yeah. So um, that worries me. But yeah, he's he he's the only one I consider a responsible adult. Do I agree with everything he stands for? Oh hell no. Yeah, it's both. But, it's he, just... but he's in his right mind, and he's questioning things, and and 
you know? And Trump seems like he wants to be Hitler or something. <laughs> like he's quoting him and stuff. So that's creepy. And then the yeah. Democrat is just so boring. You know, it's like watching paint dry. <laughs> well, if Biden was decreed incompetent to stand trial, how is he competent to run the country? Both sides are just and, scared. You know, both sides are scaring the, the bejesus out of me. Um, I would like to see a competent adult in there. Somebody who isn't power mad or in dementia. And just on the, the world scale, I mean, China scares me. Like, I see a lot of right-wing news, and they're talking about Chinese spies coming in through the border and stuff, which that could be true. I mean, I'm not saying it ain't. I don't know. I'm not there. But it's definitely at a crazy level. That's for sure. That's like a horror movie. <laughs> uh, the thing that scares me the most about the border is the human trafficking involved. Because a lot of those kids are just disappearing, period. Nobody knows what happened to them. And the young adults, same thing. They're just disappearing. And then you've got all these unaccompanied men. Where are they going? I mean... I don't have anything against men in particular. It's just unaccompanied. They're not family men. Yeah, it definitely seems scary. Um, I think that and they seem to be military age. What what are they planning to do here? And what has what has the Biden administration promised them? I mean, there have been things leaked that, that the Biden administration considers them to be new voters. But according to the Constitution, you have to be a citizen to be able to vote. Yeah, the only one I felt anything for was Bernie. I'm over that, but that was mostly because of insurance. When I had chemo and stuff... That was insane. My my dad's job told him that they should let me die because I cost too much. And my dad had a heart attack and he was basically on his way to William Wallace, all of them, <laughs> before he died. <laughs> like like a, a spree shooter or something. He had guns and knives and stuff. But luckily, it's not lucky that he had a heart attack, but it, he didn't do it. And he died before it happened. But it was all because of insurance crap. Just being pricks about insurance. So that's why... Uh, uh, if you pay attention to the folks who are members of the World Economic Forum and the other groups that those individuals are members of, there's an also-ran group called the Club of Rome. Hmm. And in 1972, they published a book that the planet needs at most one billion people. They have been plotting ever since 1972 on how they are going to kill all of us. I don't think any of the stuff happening these days are by accident. I think it's all planned. In fact, wasn't it um, 
Wasn't it Franklin Roosevelt that says nothing happens unless it's planned? I know one thing I've heard Randy Quaid, you know, the actor, Dennis Quaid, mm. they talk about star killers. And I noticed over the years with the, the virus and stuff that happened. And plus not even that, like a lot of celebrities. And sometimes I've wondered if it's like a weird game where they use these things. Like I know that Bob Saget guy, like had a weird concussion. Like you wonder if like someone does have these weapons and like, like they just have like a weird list, like a game show. They just oh we're going to kill whoever today from you know days of our lives <laughs> like there's been a lot of weird deaths that's for sure um there's been a lot of there's been a lot of things out there that are poisonous there have been a lot of things that were not what they what we were told they were uh there are a lot of things going down that the ultimate goal is simply to get rid of the population i believe it and yeah. it's it sounds like i'm being paranoid as hell but when you start reading these documents that these people have written it gets to where it's just an overwhelming i had to stop reading this stuff because i was so depressed i just sat with tears running down my face heard of the silent weapon like i've heard something yeah. i know dude Dennis Quaid had a documentary. I haven't seen it yet, but it's all about a blackout happening. That's the actor Dennis Quaid. He's pretty respectful. He just did a whole movie about the grid going down and a blackout coming. Uh, if you pay attention, um, well, I have friends in Australia, and some of them have posted uh, photographs of their electrical towers, you know, that hold, hold the major cables that the towers are collapsing and that those things were made to withstand cyclones so they have to be they have to be um somebody do sabotage that's the word i'm looking for they have to be sabotaged because they were designed to survive cyclones uh, cyclones are the southern hemisphere hurricanes yeah, I had Hurricane Michael down here. That was insane. I went through that one. That was that was crazy. Um, when it comes to some of these alien beings, have you ever uh, come across any or heard of any that are small in cloaks that are kind of skinny? You don't see their faces. I saw those with a with a witness before, and they had a little. They were about they're about maybe two or three feet skinny, kind of like Jawas from Star Wars, but not fat. You couldn't see their faces. Kind of skinny. And they had a black box in front of them, and a cat jumped towards them, and they vanished. But I'm always trying to figure out what the hell those were, and that little black box was really creepy, whatever. Reminds me of Phantasm. I know that the greys that are three feet or less are androids, and they're made in Utah, too. Oh, that's interesting. And what are they spying on with that little black box is what I... What I want to know. It could, it could be their coordination device, like a transporter device, like a like to teleport or something. I know or one thing, just to keep them all like in a hive mind working together. It was definitely creepy. I'll never forget it for sure. And later, that found that cat passed away. Uh, I know one thing I've brought up a lot is I I don't know if 
that show Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, and then there's a Beyond Skinwalker Ranch. That show is the craziest show I've seen on TV, and I don't really even watch those shows, but I've kept up with that. But the craziest thing about that show is there's so many government spooks on that show. Colonel John Alexander, Bigelow Aerospace Security. Uh, uh, John Alexander's a general. Yeah, that uh, Colonel John Alexander. They had on that Beyond Skinwalker Ranch, Chris Bledsoe, and he has a book called UFO of God. And if you go to Amazon, it's in the Christian section. It has like five stars and all these people are like, I'm doing summoning UFOs too in the reviews. Like it's really creepy. But they had him on an episode with two former CIA analysts who were there as paranormal investigators and Colonel John Alexander and some stuff strapped to his head to do his brainwaves. And he summoned phenomenon on that show. And then the last season they ended it saying there's an alien base there. They can't drill through, but that show is spookery at its finest, whatever's happening right now. Oh, like yeah. this broad, broad history channel. Like my jaw drops. Like it's so weird. <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> there's an issue with the disclosure movement. Uh, the gatekeepers, you know, the guys with the big shows that and and do the conferences. Yeah. They are the ones who control who gets to be before the public in a big way. And uh, they have decided that you need a DD-214, which means you were military, or proof that you worked for a government agency, or they won't even consider you anymore. Uh, and... Uh, what it does is it locks out the experience, 90% of the experiencers, because most of us have never been in the military. Most of us have never officially been in an agency. I mean, I know I was, but I don't have my ID, so I can't put it in their face. Um, but I've spoken at, I've spoken at at least one conference a year for the last six or seven years. And every one I've spoken at, the headline person, the only one who gets paid, has been a spook. Or SEAL Team 6. But yeah. you'd start digging and they've all, they're all spooks. Why is the disclosure movement being led by spooks instead of experiencers? It's infiltrated. That's like MUFON a long time ago when Bigelow bought it. And I heard stories from people of stuff going missing from their lockers, like some compass from Thomas Reed that was in a UFO case went missing and they were selling it to Bigelow. And then he like bought it. He don't own it anymore. But then he did at Skinwalker Ranch. It's just infiltrated. It seems like it has been for God knows how long. Forever, probably. <laughs> yeah. I know that I had uh, I had one computer that I was doing a Google search on a project and uh, <clears throat> just entering it on Google I ended up with my C drive fried I lost everything mm. um, so this is this is a topic a whole arena that's now being controlled by spooks. Why? 
Why are we allowing this? That's one of the things about, okay, I'm going to mention this, guys. Um, I'm speaking at a conference in Tampa Bay, Florida, July 9th through 13th. And they tell me I'm the, they tell me I'm the keynote speaker. And uh, this will be the first time for me. But it's being put on by experiencer speakers. It's not being put on by the gatekeepers. And from what I've seen of the lineup, we don't have any spooks. So this is going to be a really different thing to have a conference with no spooks on the on the lineup. That's good. What is it called again? What's the name of it again? Timeline to Disclo Disclosure. And um, James Rink is the one that's doing the organizing, but there is a committee and they're all experiencers. Um, and there's a finance person who is making sure that it goes on. So you ever heard that make sure the bills are, are met. Sounds good. I know I had a super soldier guy on a long time ago. It's Aaron something. And I don't know if that rings a bell, but he had something about dolphins and hybrids. I've had Laura Eisenhower on before, but I remember that guy, Aaron, like Carter. I can't remember. It's been a long time, but I haven't seen him in a long time. Uh, but, uh, we had a problem with the super soldiers. Um, up until about 2016, they would start remembering stuff and then the Omega programming would pop in and they'd end up killing themselves and their families. And anybody that was helping them remember, oh. it it was really, really, really bad. It's one of the worst problems that we have behind the scenes. Uh, they had they had built this macho culture, chest thump, you know. We yeah. are super soldiers. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, and uh, we got. Um, Okay, the SSP people started coming in and there were women in the SSP thing. And we started in saying, okay, we don't have to be this macho thing. It's okay to have survived this. It's okay to be human. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be having problems living with this. And... Um, it was me, Ileana, the star traveler, and a professional therapist, uh, Morgan Starr. And we worked, we worked our asses off, the three of us did. And we changed the culture to that these groups are now mutual support groups rather than chest thumping competitions. And we're having a lot fewer suicides. And that was that was <clears throat> really needed to be done. And we no. can't go to a regular therapist. They just drug us into oblivion and we still have to deal with the memories. So 
And you have to be careful. Always remember that David Jacobs, Emma Woods, weird hypnotizing thing. That was crazy. That was a big thing years ago that he was like doing weird sex stuff to her or something when he hypnotized her. It's like a whole UFO onslaught of articles about it and everything. I know there's been a lot of UFO investigators uh, passing away. I think I saw a video like that on your channel, uh, one of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, God, just some yeah, of the people. Uh, Jim Mars, uh, God, Stanton Friedman. Jim, Mar Jim Mars had a heart attack. Stan Friedman was of that age. So if they're, if they're past 70, you kind of have to expect it. But, yeah. you know, the younger ones, um, we have several who are quite ill right now. Um, diabetes, kidney failure, cancer are, are the three biggies. And uh, all of those can be related to the poisons that are in the food and the air and the water and all that. Um, <clears throat> so it's the ones that they seem to be healthy and suddenly they and their family are dead. Yeah. Uh, mysterious accidents out in the middle of nowhere. Um, that's happened too many times. Um, there have been attempts on my life. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that. Yeah, I have a podcast. Yeah, I interview people. Yeah, I bring forward some new people. But what you don't see is me trying to talk them out of it. Because being public has no positive to it. People think you're crazy. They treat you like shit. They call you names. Uh, you can't get a job because you're that nut job. Uh, you have kids. You might end up losing them. In some countries, just believing in UFOs will lose your kids. Um, Australia's like that. And... Uh, you have to really stop and think about why you're coming forward. Is it going to be worth it for every Tom, Dick, and Harry and potential pervert out there to know all your business? You know? Yeah. I've had interviewers take my story of working with an agent and finding out he was my trauma twin from Langley and turned that into a new age twin flame romance. You know, they would interview me for like five hours and then this hour and a half love story was what they uploaded. And I personally felt betrayed. I've gotten to where I barely speak about that man, except to tell people, oh, yeah, as soon as I was public, CIA shot him. And a CIA agent admitted they'd shot him. There was a DOD agent that, that tried to set me up. Uh, she said, oh, 
you know, we have this rogue agent out there that's killing agents that go after her. Um, can you talk to her? And I said, I'm not going to kill her. And they said, well, we don't want you to kill her. We, we want you to talk to her. Well, when I talked to her, she had been told I was the rogue agent and that she was supposed to kill me, and she had accepted the job. Hey, uh-huh. Okay. So <clears throat> I have her out there. And I have a man out there who thinks I'm the devil incarnate and has said he's going to burn me alive. I reported him to the FBI. They haven't done anything. Um, yeah, there's some there's some real dangerous people out there. Yeah. I have a crazy guy from a, a site I post that thinks I'm an Israeli agent, and that's like, no, I've never been there. <laughs> it's like you're crazy. <laughs> like, I've like zero sense to my name right now because my boss is being an, uh, an asshole. Like, like they owe me a back check. <laughs> like, seriously, I'll call Larry David. I've been watching New Curb Your Enthusiasm. I love that last season, but that's about my extent of Jewish people was Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> um, a good one. My grandma was Jewish, um, but she was what they call a Torah Jew, not a Talmud Jew. And uh, she was good people. Uh, she didn't teach me Bible. She taught me traditions by other names. Instead of calling it kosher, she said, eat clean. You know, things like that. And uh, my daddy was raising me in the Church of Christ, Andy. So it was, it was something that she was subverting. <laughs> so I come by this subversion thing, honestly. But uh, yeah. Um, I don't identify with Jewish because of the Talmud. I don't approve of any, any ethnic group trying to exterminate another ethnic group. Um, I've never seen a genocide I approved of. And that's currently getting me in trouble on Facebook because you have to support everything that Eretz Israel is pushing or you are you are anti-Semitic, and I'm looking at this and going, never again should include us as the perps. I try to look at it like sides have their flaws. That's that's for sure. I don't. I've seen people, you know, say it's okay for Putin to do what he's doing in Ukraine because there's Nazis there. But by that logic, then we all deserve to die here too because there's probably there's Nazis here. I'm sure skinheads oh, or whatever. Yeah. Yes, so, I mean, there's skinheads everywhere. Yeah. Um, I I see the thing in Ukraine as as a genocide of the Ukrainian people and I blame Biden because he pushed the bear for years 
before Putin stepped in. I don't think any of them are correct in this. I think that the Ukrainian people are suffering for their pure bullshit. Yeah, it's bad. It's sad. I've seen some pictures by accident over there, some of the violence, and I don't want to see it anymore. That's for sure. It was terrible. <clears throat> Definitely horrible. <clears throat> My biggest fear at the moment is that all of these... Um, Single unattached males of military age crossing our border now that we are going to be subjected to similar. Yep, it's definitely crazy for sure. And I've seen a lot of stuff in the, the news about it lately. Um, it's definitely creepy. I guess the biggest thing with Ukraine that surprised me is I'm just surprised Putin didn't completely wipe them off the map. They've been whooping hard on them. They've been like blowing up his friends and stuff and their cars and stuff. Like they've been kicking the crap out of him. Like, uh, um, I don't think we're seeing the whole story here. And um, it looks to me like if Russia really wanted to destroy the place, they could have already. I mean, they have nuclear weapons. There's a nuclear power plant that would be really easy to blow up. Uh, and the fallout would head over European Union, NATO, rather than Russia. I know I saw Sweden saying they were worried Putin was going to do something, but it's like he can't even do Ukraine. So, I mean, he can do I stuff. I don't think it's so much that he can't is that he's using restraint because those use, those people used to be part of Russia. Yeah. It would be like us, like us attacking Canada. <laughs> You don't really want to do that. Those people are your neighbors. You have family on both sides. Yeah, you don't really want to do that. So what do you think the ultimate goal is of the, the people that, that took you? Like, what's the... I always think of the X-Men and stuff with this stuff. Of course, it seems a lot more horrific than, than that could ever be, of course. But what is the ultimate goal of when they take people? And I know I've heard of my labs. I've, I'm friends with Jerry Avalos. He's been kidnapped by him and had some stuff happen to him and I've had him on so I know that stuff happens and I've seen evidence of these agencies there's one time uh, I was on a phone in uh, Silver Lake here in Florida and I said I was going to turn it off next thing you know a mysterious $2,000 credit appeared on the phone to keep it on I asked for a check they sent it I spent it on land taxes and went on a shopping spree and turned the phone off anyway but <laughs> Something put that on my phone, and the only thing interesting I was doing was a show about weird stuff, so it had to be something to do with that, I guess. <laughs> but I've seen evidence of these agencies. <laughs> that was a that, weird one. That ghost person, that's Lou, my partner. You missed him. <laughs> You'll have to look in the video. Okay, okay. He, he gave me more coffee. Cool, cool, cool. So... And uh, so uh, what you're doing the conference in, was it July, right? Yep, in July in Tampa. in Tampa Bay. 
I'll have to look that up. That sounds that sounds pretty interesting for sure. Uh, definitely. Yeah, there's there's some good people. It's me and Tony Rodriguez and uh, Drago, uh, Drago Reed, Laura Eisenhower, um, James Rink. Uh, I've had Laura on a, a long time ago. Uh, uh, Will Nutter is going to be there. Um, Carrie Cassidy is going to be there. Um, there's, I've seen 15 or 16 people on, on the, the list and they're all, they're all good people. Yeah. That's one of my thing with those conferences. I'm always, always. Uh, it's spooked to go to them. I've never been to one, but I've heard stories of like weird heart attack guns and weird stuff and things like that, like creepy, creepy stories of mischief. When, when you sell tickets to the public, there is no way to exclude the spooks. If somebody wants to kill you, they're going to kill you in your house. Hiding there isn't going to help. You might as well come out. You've got you've got a show. You're somebody. Come out and be seen. Meet. You know, shake hands with the people. Um, the ones I know, we're all a bunch of huggers. <laughs> I know that probably sounds weird to everybody, but yeah, I I come in and I'm like this big hug mama. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have, you, have you ever kept up with some of the David Pilates missing 411 stuff? You ever uh, the people going missing in national parks? You have any thoughts on what may be happening there? Is that black ops weirdness? That's cryptids. Cryptids, you think so? Cryptids. Those are creatures that the government does not want us to know exist. And I believe that's why they made the national parks was to keep the public out of the zones where the cryptids live. That's why they keep you in the public area. Um, you're not supposed to go out into the forest. They had a they that show American Horror Stories. They have like uh, a particular episode that was just like that, and it was so creepy because I know about Missing Four One. I've interviewed David, but that like a little hour show that was just one show on an episode about you know one story but that it was about the parks and that being like a containment thing and they broke out <laughs> it was crazy they're like yeah. feral, feral cannibals or something like mutants. Um, i live about an hour north of yosemite and uh there's a lake in yosemite that you hear a voice come out of it that sounds like a baby crying I've you don't go, you lady. don't go there you don't come back if you go there. Uh, even even the natives tell you, oh, no, 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 no. Something else lives there. And I don't know about you, but I listen to the natives. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. They, that's the, the best source to me in a lot of ways, for sure, <laughs> with this stuff. And uh, well, definitely. I have the utmost respect for the Native Americans. They have survived under impossible odds and still generally have a decent attitude towards the rest of us. Definitely. And uh, 
found the skinwalker thing pretty interesting. I know Christina, my fiance, said something about uh, picking up on their energy and something about maybe the government catching some of these things and studying them and putting them through tests and figuring out, you know, what they are and things. That's pretty a uh, weird thing to think about too, about them trying to catch these things and doing weird stuff to them to gain their powers for war or whatever. It's like a weird comic book, but I think there's something to it. I know there's a lot of cryptid sightings around bases and stuff like that. This world is, uh, has a lot more to it than most people are willing to look at. And I don't dismiss things out of hand. Um, I have personal issues with Dark Ages dogma that are creeping back up. But <clears throat> I was a university student pre-med microbiology back in the 80s. So I have a science background. I'm a tra trained lab tech. This is my background. And when I start hearing things that are going back to the dark ages when nobody understood anything, and I start really getting scared for our future. If people are, are believing that time started at 1800 if people are believing that earth is a plane and not a planet uh that there's some sort of a <clears throat> light up in the sky rather than than a star sure that star is not what we're told because i've navigated ships through it uh, there's visual photographs of ships coming out of the sun. So you know it's a portal. It's not just a star. And, and so it can't possibly be this um, fusion uh, nuclear device that people are telling you. Yes, some of the stuff is wrong. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We have okay. worked, we have worked too hard, too long trying to figure out this mess to allow the public to drift back into superstitions and bullshit. It's definitely scary. I mean, if if uh, Madoodle wins, I mean, either way, even if he doesn't, it's scary. <laughs> it just seems civil yeah. war and all that crap. Uh, it looks to me like that they're trying to pull off a civil war, that they're setting up a fascist system on one side and a theocracy on the other side, and that right now they're fighting over who's going to win that, and they really don't care about the public. Meanwhile, we're dying from all the stuff that the World Economic Forum is putting out. I, for one, don't intend to eat bugs. It's definitely uh, crazy as hell, and hopefully, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's going to get any more peaceful anytime soon, especially with the election and everything coming up on so many different levels. I know I saw something with those UFO congressional hearings about the guy was saying that our government has a UFO. I don't know if he said it's in space, but it's as big as a football field that they have it somehow, and there's been some pretty well, crazy stories out of there, for sure. Some testimony. We have, we have American ships. 
that are unbelievably huge. The Germans have ships as big as small planets. Um, and they bring them through the sun. And uh, people are going to go, <clears throat> when I was with the Germans, we had a bootleg copy of Star Wars. We were rooting for the Empire because that, that was us. They had us nailed. That's what our ships looked like. But Americans are wrong. The Germans out there are not Nazis. They are traditional Teutonic Germans. They're tribal. They still like those pretty uniforms from World War II. And I'll tell you, you put one of those on and you feel powerful. Those things were very well designed. And a preference for something that feels good on that has nothing to do with the philosophy of the people who designed it. So they got rid of their racism they got rid of their master race ideas. When you go out into space and you find out you're being taken advantage of by everybody because you're just not smart enough, that humbles you down real quick. And every square inch of space is already owned by somebody else. So you have to be able to make an agreement to be able to lease the planets where your colonies are going to be. If you went off world, you have to work with the neighbors because you're not strong enough to beat them in a war and you're not smart enough to, to outthink them. So you have to make an arrangement. <clears throat> where does the sun lead, you think, when they go through it? Where does it go? Uh, it goes to the core of the galaxy. Uh, the solar knot, and no, I'm not going to picture it because all of the platforms get pissed over that. The solar knot is a stylized map of the portal system in the galaxy. It all comes back to the central sun. And it's in, it's in sections so that you don't come straight up an arm. You go from this star to this star to this star to the central sun. I've had weird sun experiences where it seems like I've interacted with it. Like maybe I've seen the uh, light, like light beings before with my physical eyes completely sober. I've seen two leave my house and fly into the heavens like they were in the house and went through the roof and just flew straight up. And uh, I, I think on some level, that's what we are. And we have like some kind of connection. I guess it's the source, the sun. Uh, but definitely I've, I've thought about the portal thing. And definitely, I've seen the weird videos that definitely seem weird with weird things flying <laughs> around it. So I don't rule it out, that's for sure. But uh, we got about five minutes. And uh, first off, I want to say thank you. It's been a, a great show. I've, I've enjoyed it. Do you have any links you want to give out or anything or any info or links? Uh, 
Uh, I used to be on YouTube, and they started deleting my work. So I moved my my channel to Odyssey. I gave you the link for that in Messenger before we came on. Uh, I have a Patreon for folks who want to support my work. Um, I'm I'm on Social Security disability, and I'm paying for Rumble and Odyssey and. I appreciate folks who are willing to donate toward the cause. I don't ask anybody to give me lots of money, um, but $5 a month from 20 people pays for both Odyssey and Rumble. And I'm fine yeah. with that. Patreon's pretty cool. I've been looking into that and you gotta, you gotta get something, a good uh, thing going with it to get it going for sure. But once you do, it seems like I've seen a lot with a lot of people in there. It seems like they can, generate some income for sure but what, um, we appreciate what, I did with, what i did with patreon was i made it where it was 18 and over because i talk about mind fracture and how it's done and that and i talk about a lot of the abuses in the systems and that's pretty graphic for kids and so i made it 18 and older and um it's funny patreon won't let me link videos because it's 18 and older they think it's about sex <laughs> but so yeah it was it was because it's a mature topic not because it's sex-based yeah i understand for sure um, well we appreciate it so much thanks penny it's been a great show thanks so much Thank you for having me. I, I really enjoyed this. Everybody, you're listening to the United Public Radio, 107.7 FM, New Orleans. You everybody have a good weekend. Next week is uh, Wild Trees. And he'll be on about animal microbiology. And uh, we got all kinds of good guests coming up. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, Dennis Carroll, that's another uh, paranormal investigator that I wanted to get someone on about Dogman and stuff. Uh, I've been watching a lot of those documentaries. Those are some creepy encounter stories with that for sure. But everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thanks, everybody.